Hello, welcome back to Let's Talk Title with Emercoast Title Services. I'm president of ECTS and host Dion Moniz and... I'm Ashley Bowen, director of operations for Emercoast Title Services and a licensed title agent. All right, so today we've got a little hot topic to discuss and that's buyer broker agreements. What are they and how can they be used in the real estate industry in light of the recent litigation that's been going on? And if you're asking what litigation, well, you've been living under a rock. But uh, in case you were living under a rock, uh, I'm going to have Ashley, why don't you kind of summarize what that litigation is and why we're here? Well, um, or what the litigation was. It's kind of over now. Other it'll than be ongoing. It, it, yeah, it'll be appealed. In but go ahead. Court. So um, there was a, a seller in Arkansas, is where it started, the lawsuit, um, who sued. Um, I've his his real estate broker or the association it has gone up to the national association of realtors um the the case his argument is that he unknowingly paid the buyer's broker's commission um so that has become a class action lawsuit other sellers have joined in um, there have been a couple of brokerages that have settled um remax being one of them um, they settled at 55 million dollars um, and then the National Association of Realtors did not settle. They went to court. Um, it was a jury trial. The jury deliberated for less than three hours and came back with a $1.68 billion judgment. Billion with a B. Billion with a B. Um, and that is going to be appealed. But yeah. it has brought to light. Um, it, is there transparency? Does the seller know that they are paying the buyer's broker's commission? Um, and so now... Um, there's scare in the entire country, um, the National Association of Realtors, of course, um, and then our local associations and local brokers, they're all talking about these buyer broker agreements. And so I would like for you to explain to us what it is and can we use it? Will that help us um, and protect the realtors from future litigation? Are we doing the right thing? Are we being um, transparent enough? So yes, yes, and yes. Uh, <laughs> first, let me give my two cents on current practices. So right now, at least in our area of the state, the listing agreement clearly says, hey, uh, you're going to pay me 6% to sell your house. If I'm on both sides, it's 6%. If a buyer, uh, if there's another buyer's agent uh, in the mix, then I'm going to split it three and three. So the seller automatically knows, at least by way of our listing agreements that are used in our area, that if there's a buyer's agent, they're going to get paid. But it's, it's the same amount, whether it's one agent or two on the deal. One agent might make all of it, or there might be two agents that split it. So, I, granted, I haven't seen the listing agreements that are subject to that litigation, but I'm guessing it didn't have that language in there. Yes, in Florida, I do believe that ours are very clear, yeah. and that's what I've been told. Um, yeah, so... Other states may not be that way. They, they can't be, uh, otherwise that litigation wouldn't have any legs. So I think in Florida, we're already okay with our listing agreements the way they're worded, but... If you do want an extra layer of protection, there are these buyer broker agreements, and there's three kinds. Uh, there's a non-exclusive, not for compensation uh, agreement that basically just lays out the duties between the buyer's agent and the broker and the buyer. Uh, there's n that's not for commission, so it's basically just uh, setting out the duties between the parties. Then there's the non-exclusive right to represent agreement, which is for a commission. And that basically lays out, again, the duties between uh, buyer uh, and the broker and the agent and sets out the commission structure, but it's non-exclusive. So ultimately, 
if the buyer buys a house that that agent sh introduced to the buyer, then they're owed a commission under that agreement. But the buyer is also permitted to go to other brokers and see other houses with other brokers and then not uh, pay under the existing agreement uh, unless that broker or uh, buyer's agent introduced the property to the buyer. Okay. So not exclusive, uh, pretty, uh, pretty easy, straightforward. And then there's the most common one, which is um, has been used and I guess will be used more often is the exclusive right to represent agreement. And that is where the buyer can only use that broker. Um, and if they close on any of the properties during the term of the agreement, whether the broker or the, I'm sorry, the buyer's agent introduced the property to the buyer or not, regardless, the buyer's agent and the broker is owed that commission that's specified in the agreement. So exclusive and fixed compensation regardless. So the protection that the buyer's broker gets with this buyer broker agreement is that they get paid regardless. So, and it says in the agreement, hey, if another party pays our commission, then you're off the hook. So if the seller's paying, again, if it's split, if it's 6% and it's gonna be split three and three, if the buyer's broker, uh, buyer broker agreement says 3% in there, then made whole buyers off the hook but if the purchase only includes a two percent split to the buyer side then the buyer owes that other one percent so the buyer's on the hook for the full commission unless another party pays um, all of it and i was told that the litigation with um nar um it did say some somewhere that now the listing agent can offer zero commission to a buyer's agent. So they can have a house listed in the MLS and be offering no commission. And then when you have a buyer's agent that goes to show that house, um, they would not have any way of getting paid unless it were by the buyer. Yes. And with this buyer broker agreement. Yes. So, okay, perfect segue. Yeah, I guess because of this litigation, some sellers are gonna be like, oh, I don't I have, have to pay, to pay. buyer side. So you are going to see situations where the buyer, sorry, the seller only agrees to compensate his or her agent. And so, yes, without a buyer broker agreement in place, the buyer's agent is, is SOL. So, and I assume that would be on the listing uh, for the MLS. It'll, it'll indicate whether or not the buyer side is going to get anything. Yes, it will have to. Yeah. So it's probably for that reason alone, good practice just to get one in place because you don't necessarily know what properties you're gonna be showing your buyer and whether those properties are gonna allow for a buyer side uh, commission or not. So if you already have the agreement in place, then you're covered regardless of what the property um, produces as far as buyer side commissions. So um, in what the buyer broker agreement sets out is it basically sets out the parameters of the purchase. So the buyer says, all right, this is what I'm looking for. These are the price ranges, et cetera. It actually puts some obligations on the buyer where the buyer has to provide the, the buyer's agent uh, with financials when needed and all the stuff that the buyer's agent's gonna need to help find properties, negotiate the contract and, and get it, it to closing. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's actually a, a, a two-way street in these agreements. Um, they also allow for, there's two types of compensation that these buyer bro broker agreements allow for. One is a retainer and this is on the exclusive agreement. The, the non-exclusives don't have this, but the exclusive side has a retainer that's non-refundable. That you can pay the agent up front up to front. help cover their gas and everything and taking you to all of these showings. Not yep. a bad idea. 
and then you have the the commission or the compensation and so you can do one or the other or both um, and so those are different structures that the buyer's agent can get paid under these buyer broker agreements pretty interesting stuff actually mm -hmm. um, and then you've got the term and I've, I've online that says they go anywhere from three months to a year and then they have what's called a protection period which is anywhere from three to six to maybe nine months to where if the buyer when the agreement terminates, but if the buyer within that, let's say it's six month protection period, six months after termination, the buyer buys that property that the buyer's agent showed to the buyer, buyer's agent still gets the commission. Totally fair. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Unless it does say that if the buyer upon termination of agreement A, if buyer immediately enters into uh, agreement B with another broker, then the protection period is canceled. Okay. So. Some protection there. Okay. Um, and then, interestingly enough, there's no attorney fee clause <laughs> in this agreement. Didn't you know me, I love attorney fee clauses. I do too. So did the bar help write this? Apparently not. <laughs> okay. um, I thought it's through the Florida Realtors, or this, this form uh, that is available on Form Simplicity, which I assume everyone is going to be using. Okay. But for dispute resolution, it's mediation and then binding arbitration. So there's no ability to go to court and there's no attorney fee clause. So prevailing party own, does not get their fees back. You have your Everyone your has fees. to split it. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> they should have had me help with drafting They it. really should have. <laughs> we need to get you on that task force. <laughs> exactly. The other interesting thing that this agreement specifies is that the agent is going to be a transaction broker, which is the most common here anyway, but it specifies that. And I do believe that the type of um, agency did have a lot to do with the lawsuit um, with NAR. Um, so that's good. But now it is, it is clearly contractually, now the agent has to be a transaction broker with the buyer. Yep. Yep. If you're under this exclusive uh, agreement, then you're acting as a transaction, transaction broker and it's right there in black and white. So that gives protection to the agent because mm -hmm. I know the agents prefer that uh, scenario because there's less in the way of fiduciary duty and all that kind of stuff. So. Okay. Well, I a nuance I think that need, that that everybody needs to be made aware of is that when you are drafting a buyer broker agreement um, and you use a percentage such as three percent um, or four percent or something that's over two percent. Um, I think there's a high chance that um, the listing agreement may not cover yes. that full um, percentage, which is okay. A lot of time, I mean, I think that um, a lot of times a four percent or a three percent commission is reasonable on what I see you um, realtors go through in getting your buyer to the closing table. You deserve every penny of it. Absolutely. Um, so it will be something that you will have to discuss with the buyer's lender. They will probably need to see a copy of this contract as well as the other contract showing. So the, the seller is offering two and a half percent, but I, I need three. So the buyer is going to owe me another half a percent and that's just going to be another closing cost in there. That's right. Yeah. Buyers got to have more cash to close, which could impact the whole underwriting process. Um, so good point. And there is that, um, there is a clause <clears throat> in a VA, um, the VA eligibility, the, the, the VA with the veterans can pay, and it clearly states that a veteran cannot pay commission. So would you still get a buyer broker agreement for a veteran? Um, can, would you still get one of these even if you know that your client can't pay you commission? 
Well, um, I think if you if you do it in a way to where you agree to waive any excess commission that might be owed after seller side pays, I think you're okay. So if you're not going to pursue that excess half percent, um, then it won't be in violation of the of the VA regulations. So I think it's still good to have one in place for protection because again. You don't necessarily know if your buyer is going to get a VA loan or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they may not qualify, or it right. may be cheaper for them to go conventional. Right. So I think in that situation, granted, it's hard to kind of actually. I guess you could add some terms saying if it's a VA loan, I agree that I will only get paid from seller side, and won't come after you for the difference. Uh, that would be a way of covering that. Um, okay. I forgot to mention another interesting part about these buyer broker agreements is that. If the buyer does not close, the buyer still owes a commission. Um, I had a feeling that was going to be in there. Um, Just because I recently had a closing cancel and the seller was going to get the earnest money, but the buyer's agent said that they owe us this commission. And I'm like, well, but you didn't close, so nobody gets paid. Unless, and if you have it in a buyer broker agreement, and that's a separate contract that you need to go after them for. Yeah. Um, we can't take it out of this commission because, or this earnest money, because this earnest money is all going to our seller here. Yeah. So, so yeah, another protection for buyer's agents uh, through these agreements is and that. And there's buyer's agents that work years and get all the way to the closing table and then they back out. Yep. And so there's a chance that that, um, that buyer's agent could have gotten compensated for that. And that'll be a good disincentive for the buyers to just back out. So you're still going to owe me in my- bad faith because now they're going to be on the hook for not not only they're going to lose their EMD, but they're going to owe their uh, buyer commission as well, their, their agent's I've commission. I've known an agent who's made that threat before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it worked. I think we ended up <laughs> at the closing table. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that that's a really good incentive for getting those. Like I said, it's the the ones that are trying to back out in in bad faith. You know, they don't have a good reason. Right. So, all right, well, I think that's going to do it for today on buyer broker agreements. Thank you for going over that today. Yeah. So hopefully everyone learned a little bit about them and how they could be useful in your industry or practice. And um, if there's anything else that we can help teach you about, please let us know. In the meantime, uh, please check us out on our social media pages. Click the like or subscribe or whatever button. And in the meantime, we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.